0: All right. <laughs> welcome to Grace City, everybody. Thank you guys so much for coming this morning. As Pastor Simon said, my name is John Williamson, and executive pastor here at Grace City Portland. And just really good to be with you guys this morning. And um, yeah, if you guys are a guest here, welcome. We're so happy to have you with us. Uh, and if you are watching online, see the camera over there. Um, just thank you guys so much for tuning in and for joining us this morning. It's just really good to be together as a big family. I uh, hope you guys survived this crazy week we've had this past week with this big winter storm and down like power outages and down cell towers and uh, you know, cell service and like Wi-Fi and like all the crazy stuff. Uh, it's kind of weird not having those things for a while and a lot of you guys are still digging out of that. So um hope you guys are doing okay and, and getting through this. Uh, and yeah, as Pastor Simon said, it's just been a crazy last few weeks for like my family. So. Uh, we had uh, baby number three uh, three weeks ago, and uh, this is our first uh, <laughs> it's our first little girl we have two boys, and then this is our first girl and oh my goodness you guys like having a girl is a game changer I'm like <laughs> I'm just crazy about her um, I actually feel really bad for our boys because like you guys can pray for them because like I think I've like probably I have more Cuddle time like with her than I did with both of our two boys like combined at this point in their age. Like I just, uh, she's awesome. So um, so that's been super fun us as a family getting to adjust to that. Uh, I had a conversation with my oldest son Jace last week. And uh, <laughs> it's just funny how God kind of um, he reminds us of these simple truths about who he is. And it just kind of blows our minds. <laughs> And uh, like we've heard these things before and typically when we hear these basic things about God that he's like big and powerful and good and all that. It just kind of goes through one ear and out the other. But <laughs> sometimes he just like opens our eyes a little bit and reminds us of these things and it, and it kind of blows our minds. And I was having our co- this conversation with my son. And um, he's really into oceans right now. Just loves, like he's just fascinated with oceans and the fact that there's an entire world underwater. Like that is just a fascinating thing to him. Like fish and sharks and Prestations and all that stuff. And uh, he's also very into facts. And so he's like, hey, dad. I said, yeah. He said, did you know that a whale shark is bigger than a school bus? <laughs> and I said, no, I did not know that. But that is that is interesting. That is huge. He said, yeah. He said, hey, dad. Is God bigger than a whale shark? <laughs> I said, uh, Yeah, buddy, he he is. Like, God is really big. And he's like, what? (laughs) God is big? Wait, (laughs) what? (laughs) That just completely, like, blew his, like, paradigm of, like, what was possible. And, uh, man, I'm, like, I'm just continually challenged by, like, my son's, like, childlike faith. Like, just this, like, ability to be completely present in a moment and just be, like, let his mind be blown by just these simple truths about like who God is. Um, it's an amazing thing. But sometimes like God does this and he reminds, me of, uh, reminds us of these simple truths. And uh, it kind of like lights like a, a small flame or like a small fire inside of us. And over these last, um, these last six weeks, actually, we're just wrapping up our awesome God series. And what we've looked at over these last six weeks is uh, we've been reminded of who these basic truths about like who God is. And uh, these na- these, over these last six weeks, God has reminded us of, of his names. Like who he reveals himself to be. And each name reveals a different aspect of his character. And uh, e- any one of these, any one of these weeks we just went through, you stop and actually think about like what, what was being preached. It's kind of like a, it's kind of a mind-blowing thing. We stop and think about these things for more than just a second. A few of the things that we, uh, we went through these last six weeks are the fact that Je- God is Jehovah-Jireh, which means that God is our provider, or God like provides, which is a really big deal. It means that God like provides for us everything that we need. And we stop and think about that for actually more than just a second. It, um, it has radical repercussions for how we live. Uh, another name that he gave for himself is Jehovah-Shalom, which means that God is just. And uh, which means that God doesn't just turn a blind eye to the evil and an injustice and all the wrong things in the world. But he actually sees and knows each one of those things like intimately. And he has a plan to bring about perfect and complete justice towards every one of those things. We stop and think about that for a second. And uh, that, uh, that changes for us as Christians. That changes how we live and how we think. God, actually, God also called himself uh, El Roy, which means uh, God is compassionate. And that is God's natural like heart and disposition towards us is like one of compassion. Uh, he's not like one cross, cross arms, like arms crossed and, and furrowed browed with judgment in his eyes. But he's one with uh, with compassion in his heart, and that's his natural state towards us, particularly towards those who are going through pain, suffering, struggle, uh, oppression, injustice, what, like whatever, whatever it might be. Like God, like if that is you or if that is anybody, God is like right there because that is his natural heart is one of compassion. And then we also learned like last week that God uh, calls himself Yeshua. Another name for Jesus and uh, which means God saves or God is our salvation and God saves us from all kinds of different things but one of the main things that like he saves us from like from kind of these one of the main themes of Jesus is that God saves us from following being bent towards giving all of our focus our attention our energy our thoughts like our resources towards things that do not ultimately deliver what they think they will deliver and does not all bring the kind of satisfaction we think they will bring, and what he does is he opens opens up our eyes to him. He says, yeah, no, all those things that you're searching in these other things, no, you can actually find them in me. I'm the one true God who gives you like all of those things, that gives you this kind of like satisfaction and peace that you're desiring desiring both here and in this life, as as, as well as in the life to come. And so God saves us. And so we've been reminded of these really basic and amazing truths about God. Stop and think about these and it lights a little fire inside of us. Knowing who God is lights a fire inside of us. Knowing who God is lights a fire of interest and desire. It says that if this is true, then X, Y, and Z. And the big question for us is uh, will we choose to fan that flame? Or will we allow that small flame, that small spark that God has placed inside of us to um, through a... Uh, remaining in a casual relationship with God, allow it to eventually be snuffed out over time? And that's the big question. And uh, actually, Moses uh, was facing this exact same predicament, that, uh, this exact same question that like we're all facing here today. And uh, in the book of Exodus chapter 3. So if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and pull those out uh, and open up to the book of uh, Exodus, which is in the beginning of the Bible. Second book. And uh, yeah, open up to chapter three, and we're going to be looking at verses one through eight. Verses one through eight. This morning, I'm actually going to be talking quite a bit through all of chapter three and in a lot of chapter four, um, but just for the purpose of brevity, <laughs> we're going to stick with verses one through eight here. Let's read out loud this morning. All right, you guys can go ahead and follow along. Now, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when, God, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, "Do not come near. Take off your sand, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you were standing is holy ground." And he said, "I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob." And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, "I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, and I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out." out of that land to a good and broad land a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites the Hittites the Amorites the Perizzites the Hivites and the Jebusites okay god reveals himself to moses here for the first time just like God has been revealing himself to us and like reminding, him, uh, reminding us of like these simple truths of who he is over these last six weeks. So now God shows up to Moses for the first time. And what happens is that God sparks a little flame, a little fire of interest inside of Moses for the first time. And uh, the big question now for Moses is, will he choose to fan this flame? Will he choose to engage with God and say like, okay, if you are like this, I want to know more. <laughs> this is interesting. Will he choose to fan that flame or will he choose to, to not? And what we see here through the rest of chapter 3 and well into chapter 4, actually for the next 32 verses, which is like a good chunk of Exodus, is that Moses is kind of dragging his feet. And he doesn't just fan the flame. Even though God shows up and says this is who he is, like Moses doesn't just fan that flame immediately. There are actually two things that Moses is wrestling with here in this passage. There's two main things that can be broken down. Number one, he's struggling with fear. And number two, with a desire for self-preservation. Fear and self-preservation are the two things that are keeping him from fanning this flame that God has placed inside of him. Number one, fear because he is absolutely terrified (laughs) of what God might ask him to do to fan that flame. He's absolutely terrified. Uh, In fact, God is already like kind of giving him a little taste of like what might what this might look like he said yeah you might have to speak you might have to lead you might have to do things that are a little bit uncomfortable and uh, and Moses he's very unsure and is terrified of that fact number two he's also uh, he's struggling with this desire for self-preservation and by all accounts Moses is living a very a fairly stable life uh, by now even though he's not in his like home country and not with his like his people, which is back in Egypt, he's actually now living in a whole another country called Midian, uh, but he's been living here for forty years. Forty years is a pretty long time, and uh, he's he's set up shop there, and he's got a wife, he's got a couple kids, he's taken on their their customs and their culture, and like he's living a relatively stable life, relatively comfortable. And what God he knows, God is asking him, if you fan this flame, it's going to. Um, it's going to stretch you outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> it's going to it's gonna shake up your normal routine and how you do things a little bit. So Moses is struggling with these two things. My wife and I, we struggle with these, two, uh, these very two things as well. Back about 10 years ago, uh, when the idea of going on, a, on our first mission trip first came up. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, we were both pretty new Christians. And we were attending um, Grace City's sending church down in Corvallis. Uh, and uh, and the pastor down there, Pastor Seth, he he announced to everybody that he that he was going to be putting together a mission team to go down to Baja, Mexico, and to do uh, to share the gospel with people down there. And both uh, both my wife and I, when we heard that, when we heard Pastor Seth say that, we were like, we felt that flame spring up inside of us, and we said, that's interesting. <laughs> but then uh, then these two other things, fear and uh, desire for self-preservation, also came up as well. Fear because. I was absolutely terrified at the idea of like, going on a mission and like, sharing my testimony, sharing the gospel with people who do not believe in Jesus. That was an absolutely terrifying like, prospect to me. And uh, I was actually pretty, even though I was a pretty young Christian, like, I, was, I was very content just remaining in my head. Like my faith just remaining in my head. And like, I liked reading my Bible, I liked reading Christian books and, and even talking with other Christians about, about, about this Jesus stuff. But the idea of like talking with that with somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus was terrifying. And then number two, I was also uh, struggling with the self-preservation. I was at the time, I was in my my wife and I were in a pretty good position. I uh, during when that mission trip was going to happen was during the summer, and I just started um, my first internship. I was studying mechanical engineering at OSU at the time, and uh, I just got hired on as an intern, my like my first like little job as an engineer, and I was like nervous and trying to like prove myself to my bosses. And like my boss was like, my my primary boss is a non-Christian. And I was going to have to go to him and say, hey, can I take a week and a half off of work, even though I'm just an intern and I don't like, (laughs) I get no like vacation time. I I get no time off of work. Uh, But say, hey, can I take a week and a half off of work to go on a Christian mission trip. So uh, that was way outside of my comfort zone. And then on top of that, we had to raise $3,000. We didn't have $3,000, we were just poor college students. And so that involves sending out what are called partnership letters to, like, all of our, like, friends and family. Asking for them to partner with us financially so that we could go down to Mexico and share the gospel with people down there. And uh, way outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> and, uh, and so we were, uh, both my wife and I were wrestling with, the, with these two things. But what Moses decides to do in the end is he says, uh, okay, God. I want to fan this flame. I don't know what this is going to look like. <laughs> I don't know what this is all going to entail. I have so many questions. But um, I want more. I want more in my relationship with you. And Moses, uh, he gets there. What fears... And desires for self-preservation are you currently struggling with? That is keeping you from fanning the flame that God may have placed inside of you. Because all of us here, no matter like where you're at on the, on, you can call it like the faith spectrum. Like if you're at one end where you're like, yeah, I don't really believe in Jesus. Or I'm like very much on the fence about this whole thing. To like you're in the middle, you're like, my relationship with Jesus is like, okay. Like it's very mediocre <laughs> right now. Versus, like, yeah, you're on the other end, and like, you're like, things are going fantastic. Like, no no matter where you're at on that faith spectrum, um, you, we all, over these past six weeks, I bet that there's a fire somewhere deep down inside of us, and we stop and think about these basic truths about God. The question is, is what fears and desires for self-preservation are keeping us from fanning those flames? About Five years ago, I met a guy, uh, this is down in Corvallis. I met a guy uh, who was in this exact place <laughs> that we're at. And uh, he felt like this, like there was like some spark inside of him. Uh, but he didn't know what to do. And um, he, was, uh, he was working for the athletic, athletic department at, at Oregon State. And for his job, he mentored OSU football players. So he mentored like, a lot of like the main OSU football players. And he grew up. He had grown up Catholic and uh, grew up like going to mass and, and just uh, for him, his relationship with God was like it was pretty surfacey, just kind of like just stayed on the surface. But he just uh, him and I started meeting up, and he just he felt you could tell like he wanted he wanted more. Uh, and so I we we met up, and I said, hey, like have you ever? It's clear that you have this little spark inside of you. Have you ever had a conversation with God? And asked him, what would you like for me to do to fan this flame? (laughs) And he looked at me. He said, yeah, actually, I have. He said, I actually feel like he wants me to start a small group for these football players that I'm mentoring. And I said, that's amazing. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I would love to share. I would love to disciple them. I'd love to actually, like, talk to them about Jesus and and all that. I said, oh, my gosh, that's incredible. I said, okay, let's... uh, Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's hash out the details. Let's put together a game plan. Let's make this thing happen. And so uh, and that's what he did. He launched a small group and the thing grew. God blessed it. It was amazing. This thing ended up multiplying. He ended up having three different small groups reaching between 15 and 20 uh, OSU football players, including the quarterback at the time. And uh, all of them growing in their relationship with Jesus. Like it was was unbelievable (laughs) to see what God did. And what was just most amazing was watching him, like my friend, work through that process. Of like confronting fear and the self-preservation. Like over and over and over again. Working those things out with God. (laughs) And just continue to say, hey, like in spite of those things, like I'm here and I want more. (laughs) I want to see you move through me me, like more. Um, And it was so, so cool to see. God is looking from men and women who want more and who utterly who are utterly dissatisfied with a small flame. And if this is you, oh man, I'm excited for you. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Because now you get to go have a conversation with your uh, with your heavenly father, like with your dad and go have a conversation and say, "Hey, <laughs> Um, I'm dissatisfied with a small flame. One more. And you'd ask him, like, what would you like for me to do? Typically, like, in those kind of circumstances, at least maybe this is just me, but I would love for God to just give me, like, the, you know, 10-year like, plan. Like, what is my purpose? What is my calling? Like, what is this big thing now that you are calling me? Like, I want something, like, big and massive. But Almost always how this works is, like, when we go to God and, and you ask him that kind of thing, what he does is he gives you the next step. Just the next step. And uh, I wanna throw out to you guys just a few maybe next steps that God might wanna speak to you about um, when you go to him and you have this conversation with him of things that are currently happening right here at Grace City. Uh, Number one, (laughs) when you go to him and you say, hey, hey father, like what, how would you like for me to fan this flame (laughs) you've placed inside of me? It's here, I don't know what to do with it. But I feel like I should fan it. (laughs) Uh, He might say, uh, serve. (laughs) He might say, serve. Uh, Because it's really fun. It's actually really fun to serve in God's church. (laughs) And like get to know people. It's really, really good. Uh, We have all kinds of amazing servant teams here at Grace City. Uh, One that's actually in need of, of more servants, like right now, is Kids City downstairs. That are like our kids' ministry downstairs. And... So this might be something that God speaks to you and, give, and if you have a heart for like seeing the next generation of Jesus followers and disciple makers raised up, praise God. <laughs> and you get to serve in that way. Number two, he, uh, he might um, say, hey God, I want to fan this flame, what would you like for me to do? Number two, he might say, um, rest. Yeah, actually don't do anything, you should do less. <laughs> rest. This is actually what he's been speaking to me about. I'm on, uh, <laughs> I'm on paternity leave right now. Uh, so I have no, because uh, we've got a newborn at the house. So I have no, <laughs> I have every excuse in the book to not do anything productive <laughs> and just like rest. But I find it the hardest thing to rest and uh, be content and just enjoy being with Jesus and not doing anything. I found that to be the hardest thing. actually choose to rest, what we are saying, what we are are essentially saying is that we believe in the gospel. (laughs) If you can rest well, if you can say yes to rest, you're saying you believe in the gospel. Because what you're saying is that, yeah, actually, what God thinks of me, like what my dad thinks about me, my status before him is not dependent on me achieving X, Y, and Z. It's not dependent on any of those things. I'm just gonna get a little gospel preachy here on you guys, real quick. You guys, if you put, if you put your your faith in God, you say like, yeah, I I have so much faith in you that I'm willing to do nothing, if that's what you are asking me to do. Oh my goodness, like. What a good place to be, because like otherwise you're saying you're coming to God, which is what my natural tendency. Come to God with my list of things. Come to the end of the day, say, look, all look at what a good person I was. Look at all the good things I did. Look at all the good accomplishments. How hard I worked. How I got up early. How I stayed up late. How I like served and like helped and like I just try, like I just got after it today, God, and like I I achieved so much. You come with him with him to these. With him to this list, but the problem is that God also sees all the ways that you fall short. God also sees all the ways that, like all of my weaknesses, all the ways that that I am I'm not enough. He sees all the ways that I was prideful, all the ways that I was selfish, all the ways that I actually created like, you know, even chaos or like disturbances in like the relationships around me. How it created anxiety in the relationships around me. All the ways that I was self centered and I was selfish and pride like he sees and knows all those things. But God looks at me, and even though in spite of those things, he doesn't see all those things. But because I've put my faith in Jesus, because I've actually believed in the gospel, that means that all that junk gets transferred now to Jesus. He takes all of my junk, all of my selfishness and pride, all the ways that I've messed up, and he takes them into himself. And then he, for free, imparts to me his. Righteousness, he imparts me his goodness, his love, his perfection and free of charge, that actually comes into me. And so then when God looks at me, he doesn't see me in like all, in, in all the ways that I come up short. He actually sees me washed in the blood of the Lamb. Washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. That is, I mean you guys, God actually looks at me that way and he sees me now pure and upright and holy before him. And he sees me, check this out, he sees me as his son, He's using it as like a son, which means then that my that that my status before him does not change, whether or not I'm doing achieving all the things in the world or I am resting and doing nothing. It does not change. God looks at me the same and says, I am pleased with you. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the gospel. Thank you, Jesus, for the gospel. What a 10,000-pound weight off of your back. You don't have to press impress him. He just loves you. And so that might be something he speaks to you about too, is rest. Number three, he might say, uh, hey, you want to fan this flame? Pray. Let's pray some more. Let's talk. Let's chat. <laughs> say, son, daughter, it's been a while. <laughs> so he's actually had like a good conversation. You've been having conversations with other people, with yourself, like, you know, all these things. Like, let's open up that communication channel. Let's actually have a good chat and just talk about everything that's on your mind. Because he's your dad and he wants to listen. Number four, he might say, uh, worship. You want to fan this flame? Let's worship some more. Just worship me. Just experience me and worship me because he's a personal God who is to be experienced. Not just known, but experienced. We actually have a really good opportunity to do that this week. Friday night and all day Saturday. As Pastor Simon said in the announcements, we've got this Every Nation Campus conference coming up. Uh, what an amazing opportunity to go down and get around a whole bunch of other Christians <laughs> uh, in a safe and like socially distanced way and just worship God. Just worship God. And uh, man, there's just something that God does in your soul. When you're surrounded by a whole bunch of other people worshiping Him. Uh, it's pretty amazing. And then lastly, he might say, hey, you want to fan this flame? Bless. Just bless somebody. Just bless them out of nowhere. Uh, cook them a meal. Send them, send them some cash. Uh, Wash their kids. Wash their dog. Um, just treat them in some way. <laughs> just bless them. My this has been my wife and I have been living this for the past couple couple weeks. There are two couples in this church that put together a uh, a meal train for us since <laughs> so we have a newborn in the house. And so, like about every other day for dinner, we just have this delicious fully cooked meal sh- that shows up on our doorstep. It is like phenomenal. And it tastes delicious. <laughs> it's amazing. And uh, it's actually just such a big blessing for us. Because, yeah, when you have a newborn in the house, things are crazy. You're not getting much sleep. You're adjusting, transitioning, like all that. And not have to worry about dinner, cooking dinner, like all that is actually a really big blessing. So we've been, um, we've been enjoying that. So Maybe that's something that, might, that God might put on your heart as well, is just bless. I don't know... Uh, I don't know where you're at in your relationship with God. <laughs> where on that faith spectrum you're at currently. <laughs> um, but I bet if you stop and think about some of these like, simple truths about who God actually is, He'll light a flame inside of you. And now is the time that we get to fan that flame. Last week I was listening to my, um, my like Spotify um, like, Christian worship play mix. And uh, a song came up there that... Um, that I hadn't heard in about 10 years. And it's by this band called Addison Road. And um, it's a song that came out about 15 years ago, ago called um, <clears throat> What Do I Know of Holy? And there's a line in there that just wrecked me. And it said, um, Where have I even stood but the shore of all your ocean? In Christ, God has an ocean of depth, intimacy, and experience waiting for us to experience with him. He has far bigger and greater things than whale sharks (laughs) waiting for us to be discovered. (laughs) The question is, is, are we going to remain on the shore? It's a great city. Let's take this week. Have a conversation with our heavenly Father. Let's ask Him, "Hey, what would you like me to do to fan, the, fan this flame?" Amen. Okay, let's do it, Father. <clears throat> thank you, God, so much for sending Your Son uh, that we might uh, that we might experience freedom in His name. Thank you, God, so much that. Uh, if we, uh, if we think we have an, an accurate picture, an adequate picture of who you are, there is always more. We think you're a certain amount loving, we literally have no idea really how loving you are. We think you're good, we are just scraping the surface. We think you are powerful, we think you are mighty, we think you are big and strong, we are just scraping the surface. Father, thank you God that so much that we now get to in this moment, begin to dip our toes into the water and begin to experience firsthand for ourselves what it is to worship the one true God of the universe, God of everything, who loves us, knows us, pursued us, chose us, and loves us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.